Hey everybody, this is Heather from Crimezilla, and you're listening to the Crimezilla podcast, the show that explains true crime in a deeper light. And for the people who love true crime, this is your podcast. Hey guys, hope you're having a good day. Thank you for listening and supporting and being on this adventure with me. It's been kind of a whirlwind. I've been getting a lot of people messaging me about cases that they want to listen to. And I've had some people say that they want to do some lives on Facebook so it's more interactive. And where we can all kind of talk with each other about the cases. That could be really fun. Um, If you're interested in that, I would love to hear. Um, Today, I am going to be talking about the death of John Bonet Ramsey. This case was suggested to me by Lucille on Facebook. So thanks, girl. Um, It was a lot of fun doing this case it is a more high profile case that we have all heard about either on our tvs or through some sort of media this case took the world by storm when john bidet ramsey went missing and they thought that she was kidnapped and then it turned into a homicide and Just some disclosure, this is a child murder case, so the details can be a little disturbing. As of right now, it's torn my heart apart, so I know that it will tear yours apart as well. So, let's get into it, you guys. Sounds great. Okay, guys, so JonBenet Ramsey, she was a beautiful little girl who had the world ahead of her. She was an American beauty queen, just six years old. She was explained as being an extrovert, and she enjoyed being the center of attention. And I know when I was six years old, I was an extrovert as well. I still am, to be honest. Um, I'm not that shy. I'm pretty outgoing. Um, I'm not afraid to say hi to strangers. And when I was six years old, I wanted the, all the attention on me, to be honest. I wanted my parents to be like, oh, wow, look at that little girl. What is she doing now? 
And just like every other little girl, John Bonet Ramsey loved dressing up. She was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Her parents were Patricia, or as people would call her, Patsy Ramsey, and John Bennett Ramsey. And she had an older brother named Burke, who I believe was about three years older than her at the time. Um, her father was a multi-millionaire businessman, and her mother, Patsy, was a former Miss West Virginia beauty queen. So that makes sense why her daughter was into beauty pageants, because we've all seen that show on TLC, <laughs> where the moms are crazy into their daughters wanting to win these pageants. It's kind of sad, but oh well. The kids like it. That's all that matters. In the early morning of December 16th, 1996, John and Patsy awoke to find their six-year-old daughter missing from her bed. Patsy and John had woken up early that morning to prepare for a trip, but when she went downstairs, she found the ransom note that was three pages long, you guys. Who has time to write a ransom note that is three pages long? Ain't nobody got time for that. Okay, so that's a red flag. She found the note on the staircase that demanded a ton of money for the safe return of the little girl. John pointed out that the amount of money was nearly identical to his Christmas bonus he received the prior year, which is strange. In the note, it also stated that her parents would receive a phone call from the supposed kidnapper the next day between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., her parents initially thought that she had been kidnapped during the night, which would give me a friggin' heart attack. I mean, to wake up thinking that your kid is asleep in their beds and then to find them missing and gone without a trace would freaking terrify me. As it would any parent, it's heartbreaking. Despite the warning on the note not to involve police, she called police at 5.52 a.m. And she also called friends and family, who later turned up, and we will talk about that because that's a huge part in this case. Um, two officers responded within three minutes. So they showed up at 5.55, and she called at 5.52. There had been no sign of forced entry to the house when officers arrived. So police arrive on scene. Um, they start to look through the house and an officer named Rick French went to the basement and came to a door that was secured by a wooden latch and did not open it. He just walked away where the little girl's body was ultimately found behind that door. French later explained that he was looking for an exit route used by the kidnapper, but because the door was secured, he didn't think to open it. Which I get it that um, he didn't open it because, I mean, if it's secured inside the house, then obviously the kidnapper or whoever did this didn't leave and then have somebody or magically like Harry Potter shit, wave their wand and make the door lock behind them. Like, that's not possible. So he didn't think to open it. He got a lot of backlash for doing that. Um, with the little girl still missing and cops looking around the house, John had made arrangements to pay the ransom note. 
the forensic team that had been dispatched to the Ramsey residence believed that the child had been kidnapped, so no precautions were made to prevent contamination of evidence. You guys. Friends and family came over to the house and picked up and cleaned surfaces in the kitchen, which you do not do. It doesn't matter if the child has been kidnapped or whatever's happening. You don't know. So why are you allowing people to come in and just do whatever the fuck they want? Sorry, this case gets me rattled, you guys. It, like, you don't do that. If anyone, which I'm sure all of us have because you're listening to a true crime documentary, have watched, you do not go into a murder scene or a kidnapping scene and start moving shit around and cleaning surfaces. So um, that possibly destroyed evidence. The police made several mistakes in the initial investigation that compromised the evidence area. John Bonet was initially presumed to be kidnapped and no part of the house except for her room was cordoned off to prevent tampering of evidence. It's ridiculous. Even if, um, yeah, it, it just blows my mind what they did here. It's crazy. Um, the parents were jointly questioned by police instead of being questioned separately which we all know is not what you should be doing. Um, the note stated that they would receive a phone call. So when 10 a.m. passed and there was no call, they were not sure what to do. One of the officers suggested that John and a family friend named, G named Fleet White look around the house for any signs that his daughter's belongings were out of place. And they started their search in the basement.
At 1 p.m., John went downstairs and found his daughter behind the latch door that Officer French overlooked earlier that day. John Ramsey, in an interview with ABC News, said, I knew instantly what I found. I found my daughter. She was lying on a white blanket. The blanket was wrapped around her. Her hands were tied above her head. She had tape over her mouth. I immediately knelt down over her, felt her cheek, took the tape off immediately off her mouth. I tried to untie the cord that was around her arms, but I couldn't get the knot untied. John Benet Ramsey was deceased. John picked up his daughter's lifeless body and took it upstairs. So, as a parent, finding your child in that condition would be... It would... Like, I wouldn't know what to do, you guys. I would... I wouldn't know what to do. I would go crazy. Um, I don't know if I would pick up my child's body. Like, you know that it's a, a scene, so you shouldn't be touching anything because it's going to further contaminate, which is already contaminated by the friends and family and whoever else. So, yeah, I'm not sure that I would have done that. Um, JonBenet Ramsey was... Um, she was not alive anymore, and, um, that's really sad. So, the autopsy revealed that John Bonet's death was caused by asphyxia, by strangulation, and a skull fracture that was classified as a homicide. There was no evidence of rape, although sexual assault could not be ruled out. Although there was no semen, there was evidence that there had been a vaginal injury. At the time of the autopsy, it had appeared that the vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth. The autopsy also revealed a vegetable or fruit material, which may represent a pineapple, which the little girl had just eaten a few hours before her death. Photographs of the home were taken on the day when the body was found. So that's something that they did correct. So check mark to you. Congratulations, you did something right. Um, the photographs show a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. However, neither John or Patsy said they remembered putting the bowl on the table or feeding pineapple to her. Police reported that they found Burke's fingerprints on the bowl, which makes sense because he lives in the house full time. <laughs> like my fingerprints are probably everywhere in this house. The Ramseys have always said that Burke slept through the entire night until he was awakened several hours after the police arrived. Soundstruck.
so there's a lot of um, theories and suspects that the police went through. This case is still unsolved to this day, which makes me kind of sick to my stomach thinking about it. And you see a lot of that, actually. A lot of people and families that have to wait 30 years to find an answer about what happened to their loved one. I cannot imagine waiting that long and wondering what happened and wondering what my loved one went through and just not knowing. It's always the unknown that freaks me out. And I think that's why I'm so into all this kind of stuff. It's it's just not knowing. Like, what happened? What was that person thinking when they took this six-year-old girl into the basement and strangled her and assaulted her? Like, what kind of fucked up person are you? I know there's a lot of messed up people in this world, but come on. And the more that I do these cases and research and... I'm scared for my kids to be in a world filled with all these messed up, fucked up people. Let me tell ya. So, police initially concentrated upon the parents of John Bonet, according to Greg McCrary, McCrary, I believe that's how you say it, a retired profiler with the FBI, holy moly, with the FBI, statistically, you guys, I can't talk today. I can't talk today. I'm sorry. And I'm not even going to edit it out because that's just, that's the realistic part about all this. It is a 12 to 1 probability that it's a family member or a caregiver who is involved in a homicide. The police saw no forced entry, but they did see evidence of staging the scene like with the ransom note. Three pages long. (laughs) I can't get over that. Like, oh my goodness. And I will try and find a picture and post um, the ransom note on my Facebook and on my website for everyone so that you can kind of see what it looks like and, um, what was said in it. It's not, it looks like chicken scratch writing. It doesn't look like this person was very educated on their written part of all this. So, um, we'll see what you guys have to say about it, but yeah. Um... They did not find the Ramseys cooperative in helping them solve the death of their daughter. The Ramseys had said that their reluctancy was due to their fear that they would not, that there would not be a full investigation for intruders. And if your daughter goes missing, like give those people a chance. You know what I mean? After a loved one passes, I know that I shut down completely And I am probably one of the worst people to talk to. So if someone, one of my family members or loved ones go missing, I'm probably going to be the first one where they're like, that bitch did it. Because I shut down, I don't have any emotion, and then when I'm by myself, that's when I deal with it. So maybe that's what was going on. One theory that they had was that Patsy struck the little girl out of a rage after a bedwetting episode and strangled her to cover up what happened. However, Patsy did not have a known history of uncontrolled anger. Burke later said that as children, they did not get spanked. Nothing of the sort, nothing close, nothing near laying a finger on them, let alone killing their child. Which, yeah, 
I'm so torn in this case, you guys. I don't know. Burke, who was nine at the time of his sister's death, was interviewed by investigators at least three times. The police chief in 1998 said during an interview with a news reporter that Burke Ramsey was not involved in killing his sister. So a year later, in May 1999, they had to reiterate that he was not a suspect and they never considered him one. But on a show broadcast on CBS on September 18th and 19th in 2016... This group had a theory that she stole a piece of pineapple from his bowl. He probably didn't intend on killing her. Um, they said that the ransom letter was an attempt to cover up the circumstances of her death by her brother. It was all completely ridiculous. Um, they should not have said anything in 2016. That's crazy especially after the police have said like he's not a suspect he didn't do this they had to continually say that he wasn't involved and years after somebody came up with this theory that it was burke so um on behalf of burke ramsey his counsel filed defamation lawsuits against CBS, the producers of the program, and several of its participants based on many of its claims. So Burke got that money, you guys. He was like, fuck you, I'm not putting up with it. I'm I'm suing your ass. And good for him. Stand up for himself. That's what he should do. So there was another theory that it was an intruder. Now I'm more leaning against this. And um, I don't believe in like looking at pictures and doing research on this family. I don't believe that the Ramseys had anything to do with her death. I think she was very loved. I, she seemed to be a very happy-go-lucky child. Um, so the police and the prosecutors followed leads for intruders, partly due to an unidentified boot mark left in the basement room where her body was found, which is a pretty good indication that somebody was in there. Smith assessed the evidence and concluded that an intruder had committed the crime. On the night the little girl was killed, there had been two windows that were left slightly open to allow for electrical cords to go outside for Christmas lights. There was a broken window and one unlocked door. Smith's theory was that someone entered the Ramsey home through the broken basement window, but the steel grate that covered the window had cobwebs on it and it looked like the area had been undisturbed. But Smith believed that the intruder subdued John Bonet using a stun gun and took her down to the basement. It was later determined that there had been more than 100 burglaries in the Ramsey's neighborhood in the months before the murder, and there were 38 sex offenders living within a three-kilometer radius of the Ramsey home. That is insane. 38 sex offenders within a three-kilometer radius? That is crazy. That is so many. Oh, that's gross. That's just gross.
Okay, so I know that um, Lucille wanted to know what I thought of this case. I am completely confused. So on one hand, I'm like, I don't know. There was no forced entry. There's, they have pretty good theories. Like I can see somebody getting angry and covering up a murder. Yes. Can I see this family doing that? No. My heart is pulling me towards the intruder theory. I'm thinking that somebody obviously thought this process out. They wrote out the letter. Then they went over to the house. They placed the letter. Then they might have went into the kitchen or whatever. Maybe Burke left the pineapple bowl out on the kitchen table and John Bonet found it and was like, hey, sweet, I get a free snack. I don't need anyone's help. And she took that pineapple, which was found later in the autopsy. And she probably got surprised by somebody. And then the horrific crime happened in the basement. Um, I can see Smith's theory kind of being believable. Um... I do think that maybe they didn't go through one of the windows just because of the cobwebs. And we all know that once we walk through a cobweb, we're sticky and it's all over us. So obviously, if they went through that window, there wouldn't be cobwebs. The area looked disturbed, but somebody was in that house. The unidentified boot, boot mark left in the basement room where John Bonet's body was found. They did do DNA on her body and found um, an unidentified male DNA. So they did find DNA, but they don't know whose DNA that is. So they did, um, they did take the family's DNA, obviously, and ran it against the DNA that they found. Nothing came back. So this case is still unsolved and... I, like, maybe they missed something. Maybe they need to go back and open up this case again and find out what happened. They need better eyes, maybe. I think that this case was doomed from the beginning, to be honest. The investigation was sloppy. It was not done properly. Um, so even if somebody did pick up this case, I think that... They would have a hard time even going through the investigation because it was done so shitty. And, I mean, shit was contaminated even before they had a chance to even get in there and do their job properly. So, yeah, it's just a disaster. Um, but I want to hear what you guys think. Do you think that it was the family or do you think it was an intruder? Um, there is that DNA thing with the unidentified male, but, I mean, before that, did you think that the mother did it, the brother, the dad? Who did you think did it? I want to hear about it. Well, you guys, thank you for listening and hanging out with me and going through this case. That, yeah, it's just, it's so sad. I'm, yeah. I just can't imagine being a parent and finding out that my child 
was a victim of a homicide, it would, I would, I don't know what I would do, you guys. I would go fucking nuts, I think. Oh, it's so sad. So my remorse goes out to their family and their friends and everything and everybody that had to go through this. It's so fucking horrible. Well, you guys, uh, thank you for hanging out with me. And I hope that you come back and hang out with me again. Thank you. Bye.